Welcome back to Safe Space Podcast. I'm Lynn. Hi, I'm Songu. My name is Monira. Karibu sana. Karibu tena. How was your day, ladies? Yeah, my day was okay. A little bit busy. I was really looking forward to this podcast. Wow, my day was hectic. The sun was too hot. My hijab was too hot. It's like I was literally on fire, but I made it home. I've never had a a Muslim complaining about their hijab. I sometimes feel like I want to throw this thing away. No, Ah. I never got to that level, alhamdulillah. But eh, eh, today was almost there. But throwing it in the car, does that count? Yeah, you just want it off. You just want it off. But but if your windows are tint, maybe maybe if your windows are tint. Oh no, I have that small hat inside, so at least dub cape. Yeah, mine was interesting. I went for a walk in Madeira, and I think Uh the colors around here were just shocked. They're not (laughs) such because the stairs I got, and then I went into the supermarket, and now you you can notice everybody just looking at you, and Mm -hmm. wondering what. Mm -hmm. The hell you are to up. Who is this? Why are you dressed like that? What are you wearing? Was it like a Muslim guy? I haven't seen. Mostly women, I haven't seen. Was it oh, like wow. a matching there? Like was it like yes. a matching one? Yes. Oh I yeah. see. And I, I just walked into a library and I could tell everybody was just looking at me. So I went and asked what I wanted to ask. And did you know in libraries, mm. you need um, somebody who works in government to do what? I've never heard of that, it's by like the way. That's the first time. You're so interesting. And I was like, you actually need me to go find somebody in government to stamp this thing for me. I was like, yeah. To stamp what thing? Uh, the library oh, card? Yeah, the card. You, it's like an application form. You fill it. And then oh, wow. at the back, you need somebody who works in a government office to stamp, like a referee. I was like, okay, let me go and ask my mother for someone in government. <laughs> so I'm like, so can I go home with this? They're like, yeah, go home with it. Wow. Wow. That, that, well, why someone in the government? Did they have a reason? I was too shocked to find out why, but I have found somebody in government. So. Next time, can you find out why? We need to know. Yeah, when I go, I'll find out why. And the library is so empty. I'm like, don't you people just want people to come and spend their days here? Mm -hmm. They even looked bored. And they want people to look for people. I have been the first person to walk in there the whole day. Wow. Yeah. But but do you know? Do you know? There's this. Uh, there's a. Remember that time in the states. When people were rioting, and um, there's this library. It's actually a bookshop that was in the street. I can't remember the name. They stole from Nike. Remember that time when people broke into shops and they sold from Nike? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I yeah. don't know what they the were Lloyd Floyd, Floyd, whatever. Yeah, that movement. Yeah, that mm-hmm. movement. People broke into Nike. People broke into all those designer shops around. But there's this shop that was in the corner. And it was filled with books and nobody broke into it. But do you, you imagine? 
our generation is not a reading generation. Yeah. We really Read. struggle. Uh -huh. I remember growing up, I was an avid reader, Harry Potter, Nancy Drew, Famous Five, Hardy Boys. I used to be an avid reader. And then coming into mm -hmm. the end of high school when social media peaked, that mm -hmm. was it with me and reading. And to date, I struggle. I have to intentionally make myself read. Like if I if I finish a book, it feels like an achievement when back in the day it was so easy for me to read as many books as possible. That was my past. Munira is laughing and I know why she's laughing because I remember back in high school I used to see her reading a lot of Sydney Sheldon's books. Oh, I love oh, Sydney Sheldon. Munira, John Grisham. John Grisham. Yeah. Oh my, my goodness. I used to love James Patterson. I don't know if you've read any of Book. I love and uh, Dan Brown, also an amazing author. There's this famous book he's written, Dan Brown, about Rome and what. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Our generation is just messed up. I, I used to love different types of books. But the books that I used to love reading when I was in high school were motivational books, big ones. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I used to read a lot of motivational books. Wait, so be inspired yeah. before you expire. Be inspired was a very shallow-minded book. <laughs> Sorry to say that. You remember it, found... it came to Quebec. You remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember it. I didn't actually love that book. I, I was just like, how can someone be this shallow-minded? Wow. Anyway, I'm sorry for the try But after, I think maybe we can maybe we can say it's due to this. Like the attention span grew grew less and less as we went by. Because now with TikTok, the videos are like one minute, three minutes. Instagram reels, Snapchat, all those things. But it just requires we are consuming things that make sense. I feel like most of the videos really are just for fun. You have a short laugh and then move on. You laugh and move on there's nothing we're learning really although tiktok yeah. these days is quite educational you find a lot of things of value but i think that the time we spend on social media which is a lot there's really nothing that we are picking of value to us that's true that's true that's true yeah, but you sure. know it's called a feed for some reason you're feeding yeah, you on consume it. so much yeah you're feeding on it you consume so much so Ask yourself every time you're in those social media platforms, what am I feeding myself with here? Amazing. Do you know that has a, a, a bit of contribution to your mental health because you're consuming both negative and positive. And positive. Um, yes. So it, at the end of the day, you're having, you're having mental overload. You've consumed so, many, so much information. You don't know where to put the rest. You're overwhelmed. The sun is too hot. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now that Munira mentioned mental health, well, we can as well go into it because that's the topic of today, mental health. Yeah. So, so what is mental health to you guys in layman's language? What is uh, it? For me, mental health is where like yes. um, having this positive energy, both emotionally, psychologically, and also through my social well-being. When I have that, I feel like I have a good mental health. That's for me. Okay, to oh, me, mental health is peace, calmness, 
and contentment. When I'm at peace and I'm feeling calm and content, mm-hmm. then I, my mental well-being is at a hundred. Oh, amazing! That's amazing. That's wow. what about so, it? When do you think you were content? When was the last time you were actually content? What is mental health to you, first, Monira? She's leading <laughs> <a> question. <laughs> Deflecting. God. No. Okay. Mental mental health to me is I don't know being aware of your emotions, how to react to such certain situations. Um, overallly, uh, how to feel? Just yeah, I don't know how to describe it. How you feel in general? But, yeah, how you feel in general? Okay. Because yeah, where where I am at at the moment, I would say a good mental place. I don't know how to equate it, but yeah. And that's very beautiful. Do you know how hard it is? to feel that way like yes, i can remember the last time i would sit and say i'm at peace and i'm content i can't recall so and if to think that you're there i'm envious oh, i am wow. actually but it wasn't easy to get here believe me mm-hmm. it took us almost a year and a half yeah it's been a journey when you say it took us are you referring to yourself or were you on this journey with oh, someone yeah. Sorry, sorry. This is a bad behavior to refer yourself as a second party. But yeah, myself, it has taken me almost a year and a half to actually get here. Um, yes, and that means I'm actually in therapy. I love therapy. I don't know. I don't know if I'm the only person who can say that. I don't. I have never had anyone say they love therapy. Actually, but, I have. Yeah, I, have. I love. Everyone. Yeah, I look forward to seeing my therapist. Everyone who has gone to therapy and has in one way or another found healing says that they love therapy and that they'd recommend it. Wow. Yeah. So I feel like it's a journey, a personal one. And when you come out of the other side, because it's very hard going through the process. So when you come out yeah. of the other side, you actually see the value and you feel the you feel the yep, but you know there's a statement they say. You might heal yourself. You might heal everything that was dragging you through the drain. But you always have to remember you're going into the same environment that made you go for therapy. You're going into the same environment that took you to those mental illnesses. So the thing that therapy gives you is the coping mechanism and it makes you be self-aware like it gives you that ability to be self-aware of what is happening around you what is happening within you when this happens it makes me react like this when this happens this comes out so the coping mechanism is what you take home out of therapy and the self-awareness that helps you achieve mental health that's why that's why people love therapy because it helps them learn how to survive in this world yeah it's an entire scope yeah yeah what made you go for therapy um i don't know i think so many factors i can actually pinpoint which one made me say okay this is the day i am going whatever happens come rain come sunshine i am going can actually pinpoint what made me but um, I think postpartum depression, something to do with that. Yeah. I was gaining so much weight. I didn't like going outside. I didn't like the sun. I didn't want to see my 
brand. There's so many factors. I just enjoyed indoors. And then I never used to make my hair. I never used to like, you know, feeling good. It was just me, my kids and Netflix. So yeah, I reached a point. I'm like, nope, this is not normal. Let me go see someone. Yeah. So there are so many factors. There are so many factors, but I think the postpartum depression is what actually took me there. That was the trigger. Yes, that was the trigger. And then after that, everything now, it was like a crumbling wall. Everything came off. Mm. What about you, Lynn? When did you realize your mental health was important? Um, That's a hard question. (laughs) That's why. Because for the longest time, I thought that I'm this strong person. I'm in control of my feelings and emotions. And then my world just started crumbling and I don't think I realized it at the point when I just started detaching from the world and I didn't have the energy to get out of bed. I didn't, I was feeling sick. My body was aching. I didn't want to do anything. I would just shut off the world. And I'm not the one who actually realized it. Munira and another friend, Muna, are the ones Mm -hmm. who realized that I'm in a bad place. And it had gotten, I'd gotten to a bad place with anxiety as well. I was getting very bad panic attacks. And that oh. is when Munira drove me to therapy. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. You have good friends. diagnosed with anxiety and depression and medication. So I can't say I've been consistent with therapy, but I know, I now know when I'm heading into a bad place so I tend to catch myself I snap I try and snap out of it it's not easy but I try and snap out of it with the anxiety we just feel some days it's good some days it's bad Mm -hmm. race through it Mm -hmm. move on Munir mentioned something very interesting and maybe one day maybe you can open up about it in one of our episodes you mentioned Mm -hmm. something about post what I've forgotten Postpartum depression. Postpartum depression. I hope yeah. you'll be you'll be able to share it with our with our community about it. I know many many ladies are going through it. I have a friend who's also going through the same, and maybe we can shed some light on it and how we can really help one another on it. Okay, that's an entire topic by itself. By yeah, the way. that's that's deep. Yeah. It has to, it has to go. That's deep, so we have to just bear what episode. But now that Lean has mentioned when she realized her mental health was important mm-hmm. and it was actually affecting her. So t- for you, when did it hit you? Like, I really need help. Uh-huh. Oh, for me. Yeah. You just said you oh. went through the, there was a change and you were able to. But when did it hit you that I need help? Um... I don't know what happened. There's so many things. You know, something with postpartum depression is um, it's like you have this clouded mind. You can actually tell. You can tell reality from what's happening around you, stuff like that. But everything is clouded. Your judgment is clouded. Your reasoning is clouded. So to actually pinpoint it, I can't. I wouldn't lie to you. But I know for sure it's postpartum depression that took me to go see my therapist. Yeah, because I wasn't feeling Yeah? Clouded in what way? Yeah. Like, I don't know. You're feeling, 
you're feeling cloudy. You're not yourself, you know. You can't reason beyond what you can see. Like, I can just see where I am. But beyond that, I can't reason. I wasn't looking forward to do anything, anything interesting. My social life wasn't existent at all. So, yeah. I I would say it's the postpartum depression that took me there because my moods were off the charts. I would get cranky. I'd get pissed off over tiny stuff that don't even make sense. Now I look back at it. I'm like, what? What was that? But yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm here. It it took me a lot of work to get here. Mm, we're glad to have you, and we're happy to have you here, and we're happy that you went through that change. Because yeah. mental health changes over time. And we're happy that you went through that journey so that you can be able to help other people. Yeah. Yeah. And it, do you know that some some factors that happen in our lives that are in line with mental healthness doesn't have an it doesn't it doesn't I don't know how to put it. It doesn't necessarily mean what we've gone through. It doesn't mean trauma related or mm-hmm. your triggers are trauma-related or some sort. Some of these things could be genetic, you know, like maybe your grandmother had the same thing. Yeah, I read about maybe it's a that. It's... Actually, read yeah, about like if it... you have history in depression of depression in your family, you could get it. Yeah. Besides, now you have to look back. My great-grandmother, you know, do your family tree and find out. Because a, a small percentage of it is genetic. And the other ones is just what happens in your life, the behavioral aspect of it, the environment, whatever you pick, your triggers. And I've noticed mental health is basically your triggers are overwhelming you. And then now you have no other option than to snap. But you see, Munizo, with the triggers, for example, I'm not able to like when an anxiety attack is coming, I can't really mm-hmm. tell what has triggered it. It just comes. Exactly. So now that that can only be explained in as with some deep rooted trauma because it has nothing to do with your surrounding. No, it has at nothing times, to do with surrounding at all. I can be seated yeah. watching Netflix, and then that I just feel it coming. Yeah. So that one is just something deep rooted, and it needs to be evacuated if i would say that (laughs) because the longer it stays in your system the worse it gets trust me there's something there's something that was mentioned by a friend of mine said that she was reading an article and he talked Mm -hmm. about the effects your diet has on your mental health so there was a doctor there was a doctor who did a study someone Mm -hmm. who had depression someone who had anxiety came to him and he decided to use them as case studies where he gave them a program let's just say a program and assigned mm-hmm. them to some nutritionists they got in keto diet i'm not necessarily saying that keto diet actually helps you with these things but according to his, his study it's actually it actually helped them overcome their anxiety and their depression by just changing their diet definitely so it really does have a very huge impact on your mental yeah. health. Because think about it, when you're going through anxiety, the doctor usually tells you, do not take caffeine. Exactly, because it's a trigger. Yeah, do not take too much chocolate. Like, mm-hmm. stop. you're told, take some chamomile tea. 
chamomile tea helps you relax. So it's yeah. like we feed our body, actually mm-hmm. feed our mental health. So if you eat, it is. But have you noticed when you're mentally not okay, yeah. these are the things you want. Like I would have close to eight cups of coffee in a day. I would crave chocolate. I would crave something sweet. Nothing healthy would cross my mind. And normally I'm not really a junk food eater, but that is what I wanted at the time. And I, I, wasn't, I didn't necessarily have an appetite. But I was constantly snacking on things that really I would not normally be eating. I'm constantly eating something sweet or trying to figure out a recipe for something sweet. And I'm not really a sweet tooth. So it's, it's interesting how these things are all correlated. It's something known as the serotonin hormone. Mm-hmm. Now let me take you mm-hmm. to science. The serotonin mm-hmm. hormone is actually something that makes you, it's, it's really something that makes you feel happy. So most of the researchers usually say that uh, when you have an imbalance, serotonin hormone in your body, it actually causes depression. Exactly. So when you find yourself craving things like carbs, it's actually because your body wants you to produce the serotonin hormone. You get it. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you crave things like the chocolate, the... It's actually a happy hormone. Your body wants you to make the neurotransmitters release that serotonin hormone. That's the happy hormone so that the depression can go down. So your body starts mm-hmm. demanding things like chocolate. That starts demanding things like carbs because you'll realize when you're eating that chocolate, you're a little bit happy. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. That's science behind it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's just all about sugar. It's like sugar. The sugar level in you, it's a little bit down. So your body, your body is actually begging, begging for it at that time when you're feeling low. Yeah. So it's wow. not that I'm just craving this. It's your body wanting you to release the serotonin hormone, which is known as, the in layman's language, it's known as the happy hormone. So once the neurotransmitters release it, that is after you eat your chocolate, or your yeah. coffee, <laughs> your body feels happy, but it's temporary because it's imbalanced, hence the depression. Oh, wow. It makes sense. It makes so much sense. So what do you say? What do you say that you do now to mm-hmm. help with your mental health? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The most factor, uh, the most thing I would say is um, therapy. Not like, yeah, therapy is no, one. Not and... therapy. I'm saying. Now yeah. that you're aware of depression and anxiety in your day-to-day, what do you do oh. that makes you happy? Or like oh, in your day you don't go back to, to that dark hole, what is it that you're doing day-to-day for your mental wellness? You see, like I have started going for walks. I am very mm-hmm. intentional about going for walks every evening, even if it's a 10-minute walk just to get out and get fresh air. So I'm being very intentional with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I, I, what I would say is you avoid isolation. What are you um, doing? What are you doing? It, hang around. Be Have your friends around you. You know, I was, isolation is the biggest trigger because you're in your thoughts. You can't think of. You're always in your thoughts. You're thinking about, you're overthinking, you know. So to avoid that, just social, social life. You now have a social life. That is what you're doing. I'm asking, yeah, what are you doing for your mental wellness? 
Ah, okay, okay. For me, right? For me, seeing my therapist as often as often as I can, and also, um, I have something to do. As in, I'm not idle. I've noticed the more I'm, the more I'm idle. I don't have anything happening in my life. The more I am in my thoughts, and the moment in my thoughts, I'm, I already know I am sinking and I'm going way too deep. So to avoid that, I keep myself busy. And right now, thank God, I'm back to school. Yeah, and that one has helped me. So I am never in my feelings. As in, I come home, I am too tired to even actually think about anything else. So that's a plus for me. And I think even picking a hobby, a new skill, learning stuff. Um, I'm learning how to um in a tragedy. <laughs> I'm learning how to use what do you call it? Is it the oh, coding and Python? Oh, Python. Python, yes with my group members and they were showing me today. So I was kind of excited. So, yeah. So activities in my life, I I don't put it a lot to overwhelm me, but just anything to keep me going. Yeah, that's what I would say. Daomo, how about you? I've been reading this thing and I've been hearing it a lot on social media. It's called the mind, body and soul. So I've been trying to implement it. It hasn't been easy. So for the mind, for the mind, you feed the mind. So you make sure like the content that you're putting in your mind, everything that you're putting in your mind, you're intentional about it. Like I want to read this book because it's making this impact on me. So that's why I started reading Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman, which is actually the book that we're supposed to read all of us. And uh, for them, that's for the mind. Also, when I'm watching stuff, I'm making sure that anything I watch, I'm intentional about it. I'm watching this because it's going to make this impact on me. I'm listening to this TED Talk because I love what they're talking about. I love the topic they're talking about, such stuff. That's my mind. For the body, I've been trying to do a little bit of yoga, mostly relaxation yogas, anxiety yogas, uh, morning yogas, just, just to stretch. I haven't gone back to the gym, so yeah, I'm still right. struggling. The third one is now the soul. So for the soul, I've been trying to build my relationship with Allah. At the beginning of the year, I sat down with myself. I no, actually on December thirty first, I sat down. I wrote a whole prayer items or prayer list of things that I want to to do and I want God to help me with. Some of which were building the relationship I have with Allah by reading the Quran, praying, and making better. Okay, those ones might be a little bit complicated. Some of our listeners, but I'm just trying to have a spiritual life where I'm able to have a very good relationship with my God. So it's just my organization. Um, yeah. Is, uh, my friend yesterday or the day before, two days ago, and mm-hmm. uh, she was telling me that the mm-hmm. highest form of meditation mm-hmm. is prayer, salah. And I could oh. do it because I remember when I was in my worst mental state, the only thing that I could do religiously was pray. I would wake up at night and pray. I would pray my five daily prayers. I would make dua. And that is the only thing that made sense to me. Nothing else in life made sense except from prayer. 
And I have vowed to, even when I'm feeling my best, not to forget Mm -hmm. that prayer is the only thing that's grounding us. It's the only Mm -hmm. thing that really makes sense if you come to think about it. Yeah, so prayer comes first. Actually, when you talk when you talk about it, it all makes sense because when my relationship with God is a little bit uh, messed up, or maybe I'm not praying that much, or maybe I'm indulging in things that are pulling me away from my religion or my spirituality, I find that my mental health goes down the drain as well. But when I'm able to build a good relationship spiritually, mm-hmm. then I'm able to find myself at power with mental health you know what I've noticed very interestingly like when I am consistent with prayer and I've put my heart to it I don't struggle to wake up for fajr prayer normally which is the hardest and I'm an insomniac but there are times when it gets to around five o'clock is when my body (laughs) just can't move but when I am consistent with prayer i find it very easy to even wake up and pray to hajjud like i find it i'm up at 4 30 i'm able to pray and i pray fajr on time and that day i know if once you've prayed fajr you're going to pray all the other prayers and it feels like such a if it's the only thing you've done that day you feel like you've accomplished it Mm -hmm. so yeah i think prayer is very grounding hence the highest Mm -hmm. form of meditation That's amazing. Mm, that's that's nice. Also, my my therapist my therapist used to say this. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. have a gratitude journal, as in it also grounds you. Write in anything, like three of them that you're grateful for for that day, as in that one helped me. Yeah, it grounds you. Like it doesn't take you to go to that dark side because now you're pinpointing what you're grateful for, the fact that you are alive. The fact that you have family, you have friends, you already have three lists already by just saying those three words, you know. So yeah, even journaling. Mm-hmm. journaling yeah, your- I struggle with that. I don't know why, yeah. but I struggle with journaling. Like the last time I journaled was the 1st of January. Mm-hmm. I have not picked up that book again. I intended to journal on my birthday, but the day just got away from me. Then I said, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow came and went, and here we are. <laughs> I haven't journaled yet. So I struggle I don't know why actually I know why I struggle with uh, expressing myself my feelings rather and even to myself so I I find it very hard to sit down I know nobody will read it but I just cannot put myself to write down my feelings it's like something stops me so I'll start writing and then something will just stop me and I close the book and the day goes so I need to there's, some, there's something when I started journaling mm-hmm. I met this I met this client and uh, this client said to me that journaling cannot be defined. What I call journaling might not be what you call journaling. So Lynn, when you sit down and you write one sentence, that is journaling. When you sit down and you draw a love heart or anything, that is journaling. That is enough for that day. So the more you just accept that and realize that you're the one who's writing your own story and you can write it in any form. You can write it in songs. You can draw a picture. You can write it in a form of poetry or you can just write it down the way you want to write it down. But the, the thing is, 
you are writing your own story and this is your journal this is your book no one can dictate that you wanted to journal during your birthday you can still sit down right now and write two sentences and that's enough to cover for what you wanted to write during your birthday journaling is personal and for you to learn how to express yourself freely on your journal you just have to start small start by writing those one sentences i went for a walk like you said you go for walks right i went for a walk i loved the air that i was breathing I didn't like the way people were looking at me when I was going to the library. <laughs> very much. I actually didn't mind. I found it very interesting. Yeah, like yeah, yeah like just, just write just write it like that. You don't have to write a whole page. You can write three sentences and you're done. You don't have to be consistent. Consistency will come as time goes by. You'll become addicted to your journal eventually. But you just have to build it. Write write it today. If you want to skip tomorrow, it's okay. You can write it the next day. There's no formula. That makes sense. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> the so, queen of journaling. <laughs> queen of journaling. There's none I know who can sit down with their journal the whole day and you're just constantly writing something. You're constantly writing something. And me, two minutes, I'm done. We close the book. <laughs> you will get there. You will get there. Trust me. You will get there. Yeah, that's my mission this year. Oh, you'll get the inshallah. Let's write that one sentence. Yeah. So I guess that's it. Anyone has anything more to add? No. Very interesting conversation. Loved it. I enjoyed it too. Yeah. So this is why we chose mental health because we know we have a lot to offer in mental health, how it has changed our lives over time, how it has affected the people around us. Actually, we never talked about that, how it actually affected the people around us. Maybe that, that's something we can touch on later on, how it, yeah. has, how it has impacted our, our lives in terms of our choices that we've made. But we're glad we're here. Just know that the opposite of mental health is mental illness. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> that's, that's, if you don't have mental health, you're suffering <laughs> from one of the mental illnesses. Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> me neither. Yeah, and I think mental health is very broad. We can't cover. I think it will keep coming up as yeah. we continue talking. There's different aspects of mental health that we've all gone through, and yeah, we hope to take you through this journey with us because it might get a little bit bumpy, but we're here for the ride. Definitely, we have a lot to unpack. By the way, yeah. okay, okay. Let's That's call it a wrap. Goodbye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.